random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Hey, this is Blunderland, and I'm making a cosplay connection with Eddie Wilson on The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to another cosplay connection. It's Eddie Wilson. Happy to welcome to the phone for the first time. Say hello to Blunderland. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, absolutely. It's not a long time that we actually met the first time on last year's Terrificon of 2021. And I saw this big, tall person with a Wonder Woman outfit that was like, don't mess with me, but yes, you can take my picture. And it started <laughs> from there. Now, let's start with, if we can, how long you've been cosplaying, if that was your first con going to? Anything uh, like- I have been cosplaying for, seriously, for about maybe three years. And when you see me, that was my first time wearing that cosplay. It was the Wonder Woman outfit. I hadn't modified it yet, but I was actually Nubia, which is her twin sister that not a lot of people know about. Well, that would include me, so tell me about the twin, if you know. Diana, an original storyline, was made from white clay, and Nubia was made from black clay. And then she was kidnapped by Ares, the god of war, and brought to the floating city of men, where she was raised to basically destroy Amazons, such as Diana. And then she gets sent down to Earth, I believe, while Diana was in college. It was like 1978. I want to say it was February 28th was the first appearance of Nubia. And... Diana realizes that she's being controlled by the ring, breaks the ring, and then she ends up going back in the fold. But it also explains why Nubia did not have the same powers as the Amazon is because she wasn't raised on Dimesca. And then recently, there is a new lore within the comics for DC is Nubia is born from the Well of Souls. Alisa Martinez is the comic book artist for that one. And it was a six comic book run, and then they just started a four series after her coronation. So I have a slight obsession with media. Yeah. And a comic book uh, origin story, perhaps, too, because some people who do cosplay get their ideas, perhaps, from just seeing the characters in the movies. But it sounds like you've got right. a comic book coming up with, with those, in fact. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a collector. Okay. That's my vibe. I wanted to actually start with, if you can divulge a little bit more of Blunderland, the name, and some background on that. That's a funny one. So I just started doing pinup. And I had to come up with a pinup name. And I was like, I don't want to use my real name because people have a hard time pronouncing my first name. I give up. Let's just figure out something. And at the time, I think my daughter, my daughter was little. And we were watching Alice in Wonderland for the 700th and 90th time. And Johnny Depp was butterwhacking. And I was like, all right, I love the books Alice in Wonderland, but I don't want to use Alice in Wonderland. It's just too generic. And I also happen to be a huge Betty Boop fan. And there's an episode called Betty Boop in Blunderland which is Betty Boop basically going through like a Wonderland scenario. So that's how I ended up with Alice hyphen N Blunderland, the movie and the cartoon. Okay. All right. To me, it's Blunderland sounded like a destination, but in this case, it's you. Yep. And yeah. uh, we'll say it at the end too, but where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me anywhere by the tag name Blunderland. That's B-L-U-N-N. D-E-R-L-A-N-D. Most of the time I'm on Instagram. I don't really use Facebook too much. So what age were you 
when you discovered either Wonder Woman or if that wasn't your first your first comic books? My first comic book happened to be X-Men um, because I was complaining to my dad that I couldn't find people that look like me. And my dad got tired of me complaining. Now, most people don't know, the person I call my dad is actually my stepdad, but he's raised me from the age of five on. And he is a very Portuguese man. So he was like, he went to the comic book shop, came back with a stack of X-Men, told me to shut up and sit down and read. So my first comic book experience would have been Storm. That's where that started. That's what I was thinking. And it was Uncanny X-Men. Uncanny X-Men. I can remember myself, my first issue of Uncanny X-Men. I don't know if you can, you know, what issue number it was or what the story was. Can you remember that? It was Storm. It was more at Storm when she didn't have her powers, when she was uh, Queen of the Sewer Mutants. Okay, I got you. That puts me in a generic... You know, when they shaved her head as a joke and then it became really popular. And it was her staple hair trademark. Yeah, she was just, I don't know, there was just something about Storm with no powers and a mohawk still kicking mutants, but that was just, it was very empowering. Well, as far as that character goes, because I've only seen you, like I mentioned, as Wonder Woman last year at Terrificon, this year as Domino, and the hair's been more of a big, fuller, permy kind of curly hair. Have you done a Storm cosplay also? She is on the table. I have not acquired all of the pieces yet. The first time I started cosplaying again as an adult, it was in 2009, 2010. I went to Otacon in Baltimore, and I had done this really bad, horrible version of Storm. I hope to improve. I want to do more at Storm, so I'm not going to shave my head, so there's going to be some modifications, but she is on the table to do. I just haven't done her yet. And where did it go from starting with X-Men to what other comic books, and then what made you do the transition or the jump to cosplaying? It was X-Men... Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, and then I was reading things like Black Panther, Ninja Turtles, whatever things was I reading. There was a lot of comic books as a kid. Um, the Archie comics, the shark one, was it Jabba Draws? It was like stuff in like the newspaper, like, you know, the little comic strips. Mm-hmm. We literally had like a file, a fireproof filing cabinet full of comic books. And then it went from comic books to mangas, to mangas, to novels. It was a never-ending spiral. But I actually started cosplaying in high school due to one of my friend's older sisters that was into it. And then I stopped for many, many years and then started again as an adult. And then from, I guess, getting store-made costumes, you said, you know what, I think I can do this or I can do this better. Well, that is actually funny. My friend, Cosplay Ray, he kept posting Black Lightning, which happened to be a show that I loved. And I was like, you need a thunder. And it basically boiled down to tag, you're it. We're doing it. I'm going to teach you how to build. So we collabed on building my Fender costume with him. And from there, because of that costume, we ended up going to Urban Action Showcase in New York and meeting Nafisa Williams, who plays Fender in the show, which was really cool because she was sharing, you know, on her Instagram every time I post something or me in the suit. So that was really cool meeting her for that. And then from there, after that, I kind of just ran with it because he just showed me the basics. And I actually built a Jason Todd chest plate for one of my cosplays, but I have it really worn out. And then I've made masks. From there, it went to building props for Power Rangers Dark Unity, where I made the weapons, well, altered and redid the weapons. I made my entire throne for Rita Repulsa. I made my staff. From there, I got to make a, a head-to-toe suit for Steve, who played Babo in the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers for an indie series that's part of Dark Unity. I got to make his whole custom suit for that. 
Um, and I've just been building and now I'm sewing. So now I'm doing foam and sewing. And as soon as I get my 3D printer up and running correctly again, I have the 3D printing aspect. So I'm just constantly doing something. Sounds like me with Halloween. The wheels are always turning. You're thinking of other things to do. Oh, yeah. I don't sit still. I have ADHD. There's just never-ending list of projects. And that's putting it to a good use. That's very good. Yeah. So we go from that to, you mentioned earlier, pinup. That came before the cosplay part. And to what extent pinup-wise, would you say? If you could see my house right now, <laughs> my entire kitchen is 1950s pinup. I have Frank Sinatra records everywhere. I have James Dean. I have Rosie the Riveter. I have Audrey Hepburn. I have records everywhere. I have a phone from 1956 and a radio from 1954 that still works. I love pinup. I've done pinup pageants. I won first a couple times and then runner-up and a few others. And I'm making my own dresses now and my own clothes. But I really, really love the pinup culture and the community that I've been exposed to through that. I'm obsessed with Eartha Kit. I have her name tattooed on my leg. I like the aesthetic more so than the mindset of the time. Mm -hmm. I just love it's like flirty and classy and still being covered, I guess. But I'm really obsessed with it. There is definitely a niche for that. And it sounds like you're kind of all in for the pinup stuff. I am currently working on a recreation of one of Eartha Kitt's dresses, which has no pattern, no nothing. My roommate has been helping me mull through how to put it together. There's still some work that needs to be done on it. But yeah, I plan on wearing a replica of one of Eartha Kitt's dresses. Not the same color, but the same, um, the same style. Talk about the character of Domino now a bit. So a friend had was like, you should do Domino. And I was like, okay, but my outfit for Domino is not exactly from the movie and or the comic. I kind of just made her more steampunk and I feel like more grunge to fit my personality. But I love her just because her superpower is luck, which ties back into my love for Frank Sinatra because one of my favorite songs is Luck Be a Lady. And I just like how powerful she is. And I think later on in the comic, she ends up um, in love or with Deadpool, but I just always thought that she was a very strong person to do, and Zazie Beats did her amazing in Deadpool too. so I really just wanted to embody that. And I love how they did her in DP2 because she has more of vetiligo, which is a skin condition, versus it actually just being, you know, her white with a black spot. So I think vetiligo on humans is really pretty, and us as a society have been embracing it more, so I was really excited to do the character. And what makes it different, too, if you want to describe it, because, yes, you told me from seeing you at this past Terrificon what made her a little bit different. So what are the elements that... Yeah, so I'm wearing, actually, a corset that we had to add a extra binding on the inside because the clasp on it were, like, a pewter, and it was very soft, so they broke easy. But it has, like, gear... It has, like, almost, like, a gear pattern on the side and then some chains and um, a couple buttons. So it's more steampunk versus... Like I said, Vorce is more like the movie. And I just threw on a belt with the X-Men logo on it because she's part of X-Force. And I just wore a pair of black leggings that I had in some knee-high boots and put some gloves. The gloves I actually was wearing was what I actually wear when I cosplay Red Hood. But she had longer gloves. I don't really like longer gloves because you're always pulling them up. So I went with the shorter ones. And her eye in the movie is a honey color, whereas mine was more of like a hazily green color, where my other one was just my natural brown, which was hilarious because I had one prescription contact in and one without, so I did pretty good. 
Yeah, I think very good, actually. And I think most people could tell who your character was. So it was close enough to the source that it couldn't really, I don't think, be any anybody else but Domino. People kept saying that I looked like Zazie. I was like, I don't see it, but thank you. <laughs> that may be one character we see more of, because I guess in terms of walking around this con, there were several versions of, I'm going to say, the X-Men's Rogue. It's like a given now. You're going to see at least a couple of Deadpools and different versions of that character. Mm-hmm. Wolverine was a popular one. Not so much the Logan one with the muscle shirt, but really the yellow and blue version of Wolverine. There were at least three of those. Yeah, that is more of the cartoon Wolverine. There was also a cable there. Cable, yes. Scotty B does a great job with... Yeah. If you know some of your X-Men, you know right away, OMG, that's Cable. Coming down to the makeup and everything like that. He did an amazing job. What other characters have you done? Or like you said, Storm version is on the table. So the characters that I cosplay is I do Red Hood. That was my very first one, getting back into cosplay. I do Princess Tiana, both princess and waitress form. I do Moana, Princess Jasmine, Darth Talon, Domino. I'm going to be adding Elisa Martinez's version of Nubia because I love that. I'm going to be doing... Gamora from the original Guardians, but I want her Guardians 2 outfit. I'm going to be doing Silk Spectre from Watchmen, Sally Jupiter. I also want to add, i got to figure out the logistics of it. I want to do Shiva from Mortal Kombat, which is kind of like the female Goro if you've never played Mortal Kombat. I have like a list. I just keep adding and adding and adding. It's a really bad addiction. Blake from Ruby. I've done Chi from Chobit, which is an anime. I also have done Sexy Jitsu, which is Naruto basically in a cloud. I actually built, I have Vegeta, Nubia. I don't even think I can keep track anymore. I just keep building and or buying and making. It sounds like they're split somewhat between the comic versions and core characters and the anime stuff. Yeah. I do DC, Marvel, anime, video games. They're all there. And maybe they're not so far out there that, well, for me, anime, I would get totally lost because I just don't know anything about that. But those in that circle would definitely be able to pick up. It's not something that you totally pull out of your hat, so to speak, and nobody knows who you are, correct? Correct. Because it sounds like you're going for the as close to accurate as possible. Yeah, I'm definitely um, a stickler for details when it comes to that, but I will also alter it so it suits my personality a little bit more. Now, besides that, I think you've also branched out into other stuff. We mentioned pinup modeling as well? Yes. I do quite a bit of that. I actually just did one last weekend. That was a beach photo shoot. And those range for what types of settings or moods, outfits, however you want to explain that. So I do boudoir, pinup, fashion, wedding, implied. I do a little bit of everything within my comfort zone. But as far as modeling in general, I also do runway things. And I work at my local college as an art model there as well. How long have you been into, or one thing led to the other? I don't know which was in what progression of, it you know. It was when I was a teen, and it was a dare. So at the time, I was a freshman in high school, and I'm an extreme tomboy. And the boys on my football team were like, you're not girly enough to enter this pageant. And I did. I got first in my age category and most photogenic. And I wasn't as dolled up as the other girls. I had, like, a small open-toed sandal, dress sandal. I had pinstripe pants on a black tank top, and a red button-up shirt. And at the time, I had dreads and very light makeup, and I shaved my eyebrow off. If I could find the pictures, I looked like an alien. Mm -hmm. But I won against these girls who were just 
dulled to the nines. It was kind of amusing to me. And then the boys didn't make fun of me after that. And then I started getting into doing fashion shows in the local area. I did things for Fashion Bug, Old Navy, and a couple of other local stores when they were doing fashion shows before, you know, like the school year started. So you could see their new going back to school clothing line. That's how I got into modeling from there. And it sounds like great work if you can get it. And I guess that maybe the hardest thing perhaps would be getting it consistently. And, Correct. And maybe, maybe like you said, the tomboyish thing had to do with, because I've seen you and I don't think you're wearing too much as far as heels, but you got to be like six feet. I'm 5'10 without heels. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you see me as Nubia, I had, those are about four and a half. So I was almost like 6'3". I'm sure you get some personal reward satisfaction out of doing what you're doing because you love doing it. Yeah, I'm networking, just meeting new and interesting people, getting new ideas, being a creative in general. The basis is kind of networking, so it's a lot of fun. There's one other thing we want to touch on, Blunderland, and that is getting more immersed into comics, and in particular in a horror sense. Oh, yes. I can segue into a whole bunch of things. So I had reading comprehension issues as a kid, and the first book I ever read that actually helped me get into reading and liking it was actually Bram Stoker's Dracula. Wow. Which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then recently, my friend Chris Denmead wrote a comic, I guess like a graphic novella. It's basically like Dracula, but he's taken more of a female spin on it and kind of rewritten the story with Flatta, which is a Dracula tale. Really, really cool. He let me um, help him with like proofreading and flesh- not really fleshing out, but just more or less proofreading and making sure there wasn't a lot of redundancies before it was published, which was really cool. And then he invited me on to write a backstory for one of the characters, which was Anastasia von Helsing. Um, I had to write 10 pages, which is going to end up being five, in the next book that he's writing. And I actually did the artwork for my character's story. So that was really, really cool. And I think he said that's coming out this October. It sounds like an original character. And if any Dracula fan recalls, another name for Dracula was Vlad, as in V-L-A-D, Vlad the Impaler. But Vlada gives a female spin on it, V-L-A-D-A. And yeah, Vlada, a Dracula tale. And it just looks really interesting. So you've got some writing in there also and some art stuff as well. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're killing it all across the board here. I'm trying. I'm always staying busy, always doing something, always posting what I'm doing. Blunderland, thank you so much for making this cosplay connection with us, and we look forward to seeing you. Uh, Rhode Island Comic Con is my home away from home. I love that place so much. Blunderland on Instagram. Thanks again. Appreciate it, and lots of continued luck. Thank you.